0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast on a great day for talk radio. Don't forget, after the news at five this afternoon, Mark Stein will rejoin us. He'll have a lot to say on these matters that we've been addressing to this point. But there are a lot of other things happening. I mean, this climate change. Well, first of all, the carbon tax came in on Monday and uh, hot on its heels. I use that term hot uh, advisedly. We got a report from Environment Canada and the climate change people in the government that somehow uh, our north is heating up inordinately, more so than any other patch of real estate on the planet, so that if uh, things don't uh, happen in a very aggressive way to mitigate that, we'll see a rise of like 6.3 degrees Celsius by end of century. Beach houses on Hudson's Bay, that kind of stuff. Uh, So... There is that. There's also that ban on religious symbols in the public sector, uh, workplaces in Quebec, and Mr. Stein will opine on all of that. We've got our panel two topics worthy of discussion. The big topic this year, obviously, though, in the aftermath of the uh, ousting from caucus uh, yesterday of these uh, two liberal MPs, uh, what's the fallout going to be? Let's find out how Michael Diamond sees it. He's a campaign strategist and political commentator with Upstream Strategy Group. Michael, good afternoon.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Appreciate it. Uh, so, look, is this something where uh, Justin Trudeau can outlast this one, or is it going to dog him right up to Election Day, October 21?
1: Look, I think that uh, everything this scandal could have been with proper management uh, handled uh, and almost uh, put in a box already. But Justin Trudeau's continued to do things in a way that's uh, dragged out the story instead of uh, contained the story. So I think we're going to see this to uh, drag on for a while, perhaps not to October, talking about these specifics. But we're learning more every day, it seems. So uh, it's not going to go away.
0: All right. Well, the prime minister himself, you know, he's being lambasted by uh, women and young girls, some of whom turned their backs on him in the House of Commons earlier today. Uh, those were daughters of the vote, you know, who go there and see how parliamentary democracy works at a grassroots level and so on and so forth. And if already, you know, uh, they're turning their backs on him, uh, what does that say for his feminist cred? Like, Can he regain his mojo on this front?
1: You know, I don't think he can, because it's, it's not just this incident uh, with uh, with uh, uh, Jane Philpott and Jody wilson Rabel being removed from caucus, that, why he deserves the term fake feminist, as uh, the uh, Sun called him this morning on their front page, a fake feminist. It's not just this one action, because you know what, we'll give someone a pass for a one-time thing, but we got to look at a lot more than that. And You've got to look at uh, Kent Hare, for example, who had uh, serious allegations raised against him, who, who insulted veterans. He was removed from cabinet, he's still a member of the Liberal Party. He still gets to seek re-election. He had Stefan Dion and John McCallum. And in the case of Dion, you know, no one ever uh, accused Stefan Dion of being overly competent. And when they were removed from cabinet, they weren't sent to the back benches. They weren't sent to the opposition benches. They were sent to cushy diplomatic postings. So, so Justin Trudeau has a different way of when he when he demotes men. It's to a nice uh, ambassadorship with a a house and a car and a chef. And when he demotes women, it's to the backbench or to the opposition.
0: What do you think about the media lens focused on him? Has it shifted somewhat because of this scandal?
1: I think that this scandal and other interactions at this time so for example um, uh, the the disastrous uh, speech he made at the uh, liberal fundraiser last week where he thanked those folks from uh, uh, Graciero's first Nations for their donation when they were raising a very important issue that he claimed to be near and dear to his heart during the last election uh, so I think it's between uh, you know him trying to intervene allegedly in the process in a, in a criminal prosecution to uh, bullying and pressuring members of his cabinet to uh, kicking out two very competent female MPs of the Liberal Party and revoking their candidacy for the upcoming election to making fun of Indigenous protesters. I think yeah, what we thought Justin Trudeau was with those who loved him, and frankly even those who disliked him, like myself uh, thought it's, it's not who he is, because I've never been a fan but I was never going to say that he was a bad guy I would have said he might not be ready yet uh, something we, we've heard or that he, he he's in over his head. But I think that callous indifference that he showed those protesters actually has me re-questioning if maybe he is uh, not that good of a guy.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, so it's a, uh, an aggregate kind of thing, a uh, number of things that come together uh, in, you know, conjunction. So it's not just this one incident. But, but you know, the other interesting thing, though, is the way the uh, whole thing has been massaged by, well, the party, maybe, you know, the apparatchiks or their spin doctors so that uh, everything had reverted to this dishonorable conduct by Jody Wilson-Raybould in taping Wernick uh, when, you know, I keep maintaining, people took their eye off the original sin, that they were trifling with the rule of law here.
1: Yeah, if you're concerned about the existence of the tape instead of the contents of the tape, you're missing the mark here.
0: That's succinctly put. By the way, there's another question that comes up that uh, if caucus becomes too deferential to the leader, you know, uh, in other parliaments based on the British tradition, and you see this even in the UK, the leader usually walks the plank if they're an Elizabeth May may do so on this whole Brexit ordeal. Uh, But in this case, it was like Justin Trudeau in the inner sanctum. You know, this uh, whatever was done in camera uh, with the, the likes of Jerry Butts and Katie Telford and all the others. I mean... How do we sit as Canadians uh, seeing that this is now how Parliament is run, and you know, as Justin Trudeau's dad said one time, you know, uh, the basic MP is a nobody 50 yards off Parliament Hill.
1: And well, and unfortunately, during, since that time, uh, it, that was true then. It's become even worse since then. Because 50 years ago, sure, there were a uh, nobody a couple uh, yards off Parliament Hill, but within the House of Commons, the, these individual actors did matter as representatives for the constituent their constituents. And that's only become worse. The uh, prime ministership of Canada is the single most powerful position in any democracy in the world. The president of the United States has checks and balances the the, the, the uh, leaders of uh, the uh, parliamentary caucuses of the governing party in uh, the United Kingdom and Australia and other uh, Westminster systems they have account they're held accountable by their caucus as you were saying uh, Theresa may likely going to have to walk the plank uh, in Australia we see uh, um, uh, musical chairs uh, revolving uh, cast of prime ministers because the caucus uh, is free to boot them but in Canada we have a huge problem and that problem is that the leader of the political political party must sign off on every candidate which means that they control that the ability of a candidate to seek re-election or election for their party so in the case of uh, Jody wilson Rabel, by speaking out against the prime minister she faced the risk of him revoking his signature on her nomination papers, and yesterday we saw that come to fruition. So so that's why it's such a powerful office. There's no check and balances. Every single appointment is at the prerogative of the prime minister of the day. In the United States, you need Senate approval for these things. Uh, it, it, it's far too powerful of a position. And for Justin Trudeau, that wasn't good enough. He had to take it even further.
0: All right. By the way, I meant Theresa May. I might have said Elizabeth May. Uh, I don't know why she'd be top of mind. Finally, I've got to ask you, Michael Diamond, as a campaign strategist. I know you were close to the Ford government in that regard. Uh, Stephen Del Duca saying he's going to uh, make an attempt to lead the Liberal Party resurgence. He says it's all up to all of us to write the next compelling chapter of Ontario liberalism's story. If we do it right, and I'm certain we can, we will be able to get our province back on track after the next election. Uh, I call it the How Short Is Your Memory campaign.
1: <laughs> I'm going to steal that line, John. That's, that's That's a good one. Look, uh, I know uh, Mr. Del Duca He's a very affable fellow, and I personally quite like him. But I think if you want to uh, have a new leaf for the Liberal Party, and I think after that disastrous uh – 15-year running government. They had an even more disastrous re-election campaign where they lost official party status and lost seats they frankly never should have lost. Uh, They need to look far outside of uh, Kathleen Wynne's cabinet. So having a lieutenant in the Kathleen Wynne army as uh, your leader for the next election uh, memories are short, but they're not that short. Well,
0: I know they're big on environmentalism. I just didn't think it was recycling. Uh, All right. We'll let you go on that note, Michael Diamond. Always a pleasure having you weigh in. Have a good afternoon, sir.
1: You too. Take
0: care. You got a Michael Diamond, campaign strategist with Upstream Strategy Group. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.